0: Stand for the reading of the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. For he and all the companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Lord. Let's pray. Lord, please speak in ways that we can hear you. Give us grace to set aside the things that may be weighing on us or distracting us, that we might be attentive to you, and we might be open to all that you have intended for us today. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So let's get one thing straight. This gospel story is not about fish. If it were about fish, then the disciples would never have left the fish on the shore and followed Jesus. If it were about the fish, then we could dismiss this story because we know that every fisherman lies, right? The fish starts off this big, and then before long, it wouldn't even fit in the boat. If it were about the fish, because a lot of fishermen are kind of superstitious, they would have tied Jesus up, stuck him in the boat, and that's where he would have stayed, because you want to have a good catch all the time. But this story isn't about fish. It's about Jesus. And In fact, when we look at the entire Bible, Old Testament, and New, it all points us to Jesus and what he's trying to accomplish. We read this sometimes with Western eyes, and it can be very tempting for us to look at this and say, okay, the message of this story is, if I put Jesus in the center and do what he says, then I will get whatever I want. Because that's what every advertisement tells us, right? It's all about you, right? Assert your rights, be who you want to be, because that's what it's all about. I'm sorry, church, that's not what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. And if we focus on him and what he's actually doing here, that's where we get at the message that is going to give us true life, abundant life in him. So let's, let's take a look here at what he's doing. I have been told by certain people that teasing is my love language. And if I like you, I will tease you. And if I can get a rise out of you, I will tease you more because I love to do it. There's one person in particular that I can get going like that, and it's so much fun. It's Kimberly's Aunt Marion. And when Kim and I were dating, I met Marion for the first time, and she, we were all down at Grand Lake together, and Kimberly and I were out in a pedal boat. And Marion was sitting up on the, on the dock, and I found out already that I could really get her going. So we were out on the water, and I actually thought... Of this scripture passage, if you believe that, and I said, "Hey, Kimberly, check this out." And I went, "Marion, ha 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 ha!" And like that, I hear from the from the cottage. What did you say about me? What did you say, Paul? What did you say? And I just, oh, it's fantastic. I love to tease. If we look at this story, Jesus is doing his, his uh, preaching circuit around the area of Galilee. And, and if we looked at this story and we just said, hey, this is an interesting uh, chance where Jesus was preaching because he was on a shoreline, the crowd got really big, and they were threatening to push Jesus into the water because they wanted to get close. And here we see the innovation of Jesus oh, look, there's a boat, I will get in the boat, natural amp- amp- amphitheater thing happening, going on, people can hear me, they can see me, I'm not being crushed, end of story. Jesus is innovative. Okay, that's cool, but that's not where the story ends. We, we learned uh, a couple weeks ago that when Jesus uh, gave, uh, gave big claims, people wanted big proofs, right? Today, people want to know, is it true for you? Does your faith work for you? In Jesus' day, they wanted, if you had a big claim, they wanted to see God's divine favor rest upon you. Why? Because it went right back to Moses, right, with all those miraculous signs. They wanted to see if the, if the claims of Jesus were true by God proving it with a miraculous act. We don't know what Jesus taught here. We can assume that it had a lot to do with his message in the synagogue. I have come, I'm the Messiah, this is the proper interpretation of the law. This is how we are to live. Whatever he said, it had an impact on Peter, on Simon. Sorry, he's not really called Peter till later, and I'm going to keep switching that up. But it had this big impact on Simon, and we can see that because he listens to Jesus even if his advice was kind of dumb. And we'll take a look at that, uh, that, uh, that now, the proof of Jesus' claims. Um, let's see if this will work last summer um, we went fishing on my grandmother's old property and uh, we had this little dock there that's my brother on the left and uh, the dock broke and so the back half of the dock actually sunk into the water and we just kept fishing anyway because every time someone cast a line in they pulled out a fish and my aunt liz is there um, with with the kids there And, and rachel had just caught a fish. And one thing she said was, I wish I had another set of hands. I just, she couldn't believe the fish that we were taking in. If you asked me how many fish we pulled in, I would have no idea. But I do remember the joy, the surprise, the fear from nearly falling in the water, and all that. It was really great. It wasn't about the fish. In Jesus' day, wisdom had more to do than just with intellect. If you were a good student or academic, it was more than that, right? Um, You could be wise in your trade or your craft. And Jesus was a tradesman. So he was wise in carpentry or stonework or whatever it was. But Peter, Simon Peter, he was a fisherman. He knew his craft. He knew his trade. So for Jesus to say what he said, and then he had to back it up somehow, and then he told Peter, go out into the deep water and, and throw down your nets. You don't, you don't fish in the day in the Sea of Galilee. You fish at night. And not only that, Peter was just out there all night with his, with his crew and the other crew, and they caught zilch, nothing. This is not a good time to fish. So Peter said, we've been at this all along. This is a bad idea. And if you want to back up your claims right now, you might want to think of something else. But because you tell me, you've rented the boat, I'll go out with you, right? So he goes, because you say so, I will do it. I don't know about you, but I find that myself, too often I lean on my own understanding, my own experience, and that gets in the way of what Jesus is wanting to do. When I see Peter here say, this makes no sense, but... Because I sense that I feel that you're directing me to do this, I will obey. Amazing things happen. Our country is in a very fragile state right now. And we've got people demonstrating in Ottawa and Toronto and soon here in Fredericton about just how fed up they are with COVID restrictions. And then you've got a lot more people who are fed up with those people who are fed up with COVID restrictions. They're just done with it, and things are getting tense. And I just, I look at this and I think, there is no way I'm going to get my message across to that other group. There's no way they're going to hear me, and there's no way they're going to convince me they're right. It's impossible, right? With my understanding, it's impossible. But God has called us to be peacemakers in this world, to be bearers of truth and love and peace and, and all of the good things that, that Jesus is. And what if we are called to say, Jesus is calling us somehow to demonstrate his love and the truth of the, of the gospel, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself, that, that love and sacrifice go together? What if we were to demonstrate that somehow? And I'm not saying let's go grab some placards and head down there and we'll smash up some trucks. I'm, I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying what if we were to prayerfully say, Jesus, how are we to react to this when it comes to our city and to follow that in faithful obedience? That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, because my understanding will limit God and what he's able to do. But if we are obedient to his leading, then all things are possible for him who believes, for they who believe. Where's the proof? Years ago, the parish church led a a study on a course called In the Dust of the Rabbi. And in it, it explained just how different of a rabbi Jesus was. Most rabbis would be walking around doing their thing, and parents of gifted young boys would go to the rabbi and say, my son is really, really a good student, and he could be a rabbi someday. Do you think you would disciple him? And the rabbi would, you know, interview the child and say, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we can work here, or nuh-uh, no, you were, no he's not good enough. But that's not the way the rabbi Jesus worked. He didn't wait for people to come to him. He went to the people, and he didn't look for the creme de la creme, the smartest and the brightest. He looked for people right where they were at. He looked for fishermen and tax collectors and violent zealots to be his disciples. And he he wanted to, to reach out to them. He was such a different kind of rabbi. Now Peter was already drawn to what Jesus had said so much so that he obeyed him and went out and he went fishing. But when this miracle happened, what did it demonstrate? (laughs) Jesus' word was good and true. And if that was so, Peter was completely unworthy of him. And so he falls down and says, get away from me. I am going to ruin your reputation. Get away from me. Because you are so much better and so much more capable, I will only hold you back. I have heard so many times over the years, Christians saying, I would like to be involved in this or that ministry, but I don't know my Bible well enough. My prayer life isn't what it should be. I'm not all that. That's a great place to begin. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. I am enough for you. I am enough for you. And I think (laughs) if Simon said, I'm not good enough, Jesus would say something like, Don't be afraid. You're right. You're not suited for catching fish. It's time for you to walk with me and catch people. Your sights are too low. You are called to be God's cooperative friends to work out his kingdom values in your daily lives and invite others to do the same, to be agents of hope and healing in this very troubled world. We can't do that by ourselves. We need the equipping of Jesus. This story is not about fish. It's about taking Jesus on his word and seeing how his life his abundant life, can pour forth in our lives. Not just for us, because it's not about us, but the sake of the world which he loves, so that he might be glorified. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you that you love us. You love us too much to leave us where we are but you want us to walk ever closer to you. So Lord, we pray that by the gift of your Holy Spirit, you would fill us afresh. We want want your encouragement in our lives so that we might be encouragers. We want your peace in our lives, that we might share your peace. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a deep faith to step out and to follow you. Show us how we might be agents of your kingdom here and now. In Jesus' name do we pray. Amen.